I am now coming to get my sister's ball that was kicked over the fence. I think you got it. I'm only saying this because of how you attack innocent people. Yes. Attack me. Once again, attack me. I got the armor. I'm bulletproof. Say it to me. I'm going to ignore it. Black Equity, episode nine. Yeah, we're back. Another great episode in store for you. Another day for us to reflect on the wisdom that is in front of us. Another day for us to really take in the culture and see what life lessons have been brought to our doorstep. I want to thank all the new listeners who are coming in today as we continue to grow and expand our private community network. We definitely want you to reach out, introduce yourself. Uh, If you want to join our private community, you can uh, go to my Instagram at DJM Wisdom and click on the link and click on join private community. That will uh, allow you to be able to receive daily emails. And we do have some some surprises coming in the next few weeks uh, that will be delivered through the emails. So if you want that exclusive content, if you want us to directly send you information, uh, sign up uh, for those email alerts. We find ourselves today on Black Equity looking at how business affects culture and how culture affects business. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because I didn't see anyone else doing this. Either they're going through hot takes every day and they're just giving opinions on hot takes or they're doing something on business but has nothing to do with culture. And I said, well, you can't talk about one without the other because they bleed into each other. They it becomes the lifeblood of America and of the world. Understanding how the money flows through our culture and out of our culture is really one of the most important things to understand. And so if this is your first episode listening, I would ask you to pause this and go back to listening to the episode where we talked about uh, I Just Want to Laugh, where we talked about uh, Tiffany Haddish and we followed the equity tied to Tiffany Haddish. Because now from that episode, it bleeds right into this episode. Just a few days later. I mean, literally, just a few episodes later, here we are. So if you're coming back from after pausing this episode, welcome back. You've just heard the the episode of Tiffany Haddish. And so this episode, we're going to have to dive into the equity of things, into comedy again. But this time, we're going to have to look at things from a different angle. See, on the the episode you just went back and listened to, if you chose to, we talked about the come up. 
we talked about rising up, how you get from being, uh, you know, just a regular comedian, doing your, your daily shows, getting your name out there, and how do you become a superstar? And so this episode isn't about that. This is the other side. This is after you've become the superstar, what happens next? And I didn't realize that all these episodes were going to connect so well when I first started out on this endeavor. But here we are. So when you become a superstar and full disclosure, I'm not a superstar. I don't plan on being a superstar. I have no need to be a superstar, but I have been watching superstars all my life and I have been watching the storylines. I feel like I have a good pulse on this topic. And if I ever say anything that you totally disagree with, by all means, jump in, send an email request to be on the podcast, request to send in your debate, and I'll be more than happy to review your information. So we find ourselves looking at what does it take now that you're a superstar? What are some of the benefits? And what are some of the negative things that come with it? When you look at the benefits, man, Everywhere you go, people know your know your your face. You don't really have to ever introduce yourself. People will uh, line up everything for you. They'll say yes to things that they normally would say no to. I mean, the the idea, the illusion of celebrity, really gets you through a lot of doors that you probably wouldn't have before. Obviously, with the illusion of celebrity comes endorsement deals and money and and uh, investment opportunities. It just it, so much great stuff comes from being a celebrity. So you can you can imagine how some people will do whatever it takes to become a celebrity. But then you have to ask yourself. What am I sacrificing? Well, you're sacrificing privacy. You're sacrificing being able to control your narrative. Yeah, because every day stories are written about you. Podcasts are made. People from black equity start recording and start talking about you. Everybody got something to say. And you really can't control this. And so we looked at Tiffany Haddish a few episodes back. And it just so happens that today we get a look at Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, if you don't know already, was selected to be part of the Oscars. He was asked to host the Oscars. And... He would be, I I believe, the fourth African-American, if we want to use that term, to host the Oscars. And from all reports, little Kevin Hart, the, the, the boy that's inside of him, was just jumping up for joy. He was so excited because this was a dream of his. 
he probably grew up watching the Oscars and said, one day I'm going to be on there. I want to be a comedian. At, at some point in his life, he decided to commit all the way in and become a comedian. And one of his goals, among many, was to host the Oscars. And there it was, right there in front of him. They call him up. They say, hey, Mr. Hart, we would love for you to be the host of this upcoming year's Oscars. Kevin pinches himself. He looks around. He says, sure, I accept. I would love to do this. I would, this, is the, this is the best gift I could ever ask for. They send over whatever documentation that needs to be done. His people look over it. And the next day, a firestorm happens. The next day, right after the announcement that he's going to be on the Oscars, all hell breaks loose. And so, just when you think that everything is going the way that you've manifested for it to go, just when you think you're at the top, just when you think that you can't be touched, just when you start putting people in in their place and Claiming to be the king of your craft. You get a rude awakening. Not long after he got the gig, critics almost immediately started blasting the popular actor and comedian for old tweets and comedy routines they say were homophobic. Hart initially refused to apologize and then just hours later, he called it quits. Overnight, Kevin Hart bowing out of a gig, he called the opportunity of a lifetime. Writing on Twitter, I have made the choice to step down from hosting this year's Oscars. This is because I do not want to be a distraction on a night that should be celebrated by so many amazing, talented artists. I sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for my insensitive words from my past. He added, I'm sorry that I hurt people. I am evolving and want to continue to do so. My goal is to bring people together, not to tear us apart. That apology coming shortly after he posted a more defiant video on Instagram. So I just got a call from the Academy and um, that call basically said, Kevin, apologize for your tweets of old or we're going to have to move on and find another host. Talking about the tweets from 2009, 2010. I chose to pass. I passed on the apology. The comedian's change of heart coming just three days after he was tapped to host the 2019 Oscars. Following the announcement, critics pounced, condemning several of his old tweets and comedy routines as homophobic. So you're at the top of your game. You've headlined worldwide. You're putting movie out after movie. 
you just put out your own movie for under, underneath your production company, Heartbeat Productions. You're flying high. You're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. You have your own YouTube channel just for laughs. You're propping up Tiffany Haddish. You're working on other movies that are soon to come out. You get asked to be on the Oscars. You are going to another level in your career. But there's a there's a thing called being humble. You were running around talking down to other comedians a few months earlier, Mr. Kevin Hart. You were running around on the Breakfast Club, Hot 97, and other areas within the black community pounding your chest and saying that you are bulletproof. And that, my friend, is not what you want to do when you get to the top of the mountain. The lesson here for everyone who's starting their business, has a business, wants to invest, wants to build an empire, it's you never beat your chest. You never stand on top of the mountain and say, I challenge you all. It's not worth it. And the only thing that that will bring are challengers. Now, if you're ready for that challenge, by all means, fight. Fight to the death. But if you really ain't about that life, then you probably shouldn't be sitting on the breakfast club talking about that you're bulletproof and that you're ready for the attacks. Because if you really are about that life, then when the attacks come, everything should be fine, right? See, here's the thing. So many people were involved in trying to lift up Tiffany Haddish that I told you it would backfire on a lot of them. What happens is you can't cover all the bases. It's like trying to juggle 20 different plates in the air. Sooner or later, you're going to miss one. And by trying to protect Tiffany Haddish, you puff your chest out. Now, I'm all for protecting our black queens. I'm all for looking out for people that we are bringing up. That part isn't the issue at all. I think the issue comes into place when people have legitimate questions about what is going on behind the scenes and people start covering it up. I think the fans, the audience has legitimate gripe with the rise of certain superstars. 
because it feels like it's a buddy-buddy system. It feels like there's something going on, especially when one person is risen while another person is blackballed. So on black equity, I just want to get down to the truth. And normally we would follow the money. But today we're going to follow the energy. Today, we're going to learn that the energy you put out into the universe, the energy you give to others will come back to you tenfold. I believe that all words you say manifest themselves. And so you got to be careful of what you say and what you don't say. You are basically writing your story every single day. And what comes out of that mouth of yours that is connected to that mind of yours dictates the life you lead. Because I told you a few episodes ago, this is all make-believe anyway. So if you tell yourself that you're down and out, then that's what you'll be. You'll be down and out. If you say, I am rich, then you will be rich. You say that I have an abundant life, then you will have an abundant life. And so your words truly do matter. Every single syllable, every single thing you say matters. I wake up every day and I tell myself who I am before the world tries to tell me who I am. Because your words truly create your reality. So when you step foot onto the Breakfast Club and you say, I want you to attack me, I am bulletproof. What did you think they were going to do? Did you think you were going to run around saying you're bulletproof and that nothing would happen? Did you, were you that egotistical? Now, normally here's where I would insert, I love Kevin Hart. Well, here's the thing. I'm not really a big fan of Kevin Hart. I love the business side of it all. I love what he's doing to move the culture. I just don't laugh that often. There are some movies that, you know, when it's a holiday and there's nothing else on and a Kevin Hart movie comes on, I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. But honestly, he's not my cup of tea. I actually really do like Tiffany Haddish, like from her interviews and just just her personality. I actually like her. Kevin, Kevin Hart, I, I, he doesn't do anything for me. But I do respect the business side of it all. I respect that tremendously. And so you have to give props to who deserves it. That being said, Kevin Hart is the number one comedian in the world. 
if you look at Forbes, he's probably number two or three if we're looking at just money. And I think Jerry Seinfeld's number one. But from our culture, he's number one. Yes, Dave Chappelle is funnier. But Kevin Hart has been putting in the work. And you have to respect the work. But when you go, see what happens is you you can be a, a victim of your own success because everybody around you is telling you how wonderful you are. Everything you touch is turning to gold. You're making money left over left and right, hand over fist. You got this in the bag. It's movie after movie, doing movies with The Rock. You're doing movies with Ice Cube. You have really built a strong portfolio in the game of comedy. And whether DJ Motri likes them or not, it doesn't matter. You have the numbers to back you. Yes, you are doing a lot of this with Will Packer. And we did mention him on the Tiffany Haddish episode. I just want to laugh. And so you can go back and see how all of this connects. But I find it funny that you asked to be attacked. You asked for people to come after you. And then the moment that they attack you, the moment they come for you, just right after you said that you were bulletproof, once the bullets fly, you duck. In this case, it's tough for me because it was an attack. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence that the day after I received the job that tweets just somehow manifested from 2008. Now, I don't know who follows me or who doesn't. I'm on social media every day. I got over 40,000 tweets. To go through 40,000 tweets to get back to 2008, that's an attack. That's a malicious attack on my character. That's an attack to end me. That's not an attack to just stop the Oscars. This is what I want people to understand. That's an attack to end me. Now, I'm not going to get too emotional, but when you witness this and you stand in front of it and you heard, you heard that these things exist. I've heard about it. I've never experienced it. I've heard about it. This is my first time in the fire. I've seen it. Oh, my God. This was to destroy me. This was to end all partnerships, all brand relationships, all investment opportunities, studio relationships, my production company and the people that work underneath me. This was to damage the lives that have been invested in me. It's bigger than just the Oscars. It's about the individuals that are out there now that are finding success and damage. Defining success and damaging your quote-unquote celebrity. So you run on to Ellen. You got to run over to Ellen to make your case that, hey, I've been attacked and they're trying to take down everything I built 
and I've never been through anything like this before. But do you just say that you were ready for this and you would just ignore this? Now, black equity is about being honest. I told y'all that the people who were responsible for the manufacturing of fake superstars and the downing of real legends, they would feel the backfire. And so now Ellen is telling Kevin Hart on today's episode that is now sprinkling itself around the culture because how dare Kevin Hart ever sit down with a black host I guess there's just not anyone who's big enough for him to sit down with he has to go run to Ellen now I like Ellen I like Ellen a lot I think she's funny I have no beef with Ellen but I guess when it comes to the Oscars and it comes to being homophobic comics comments I guess it makes sense that you gotta sit down with Ellen there's no one else to sit down with so now Ellen is begging you to do the Oscars I don't know where it goes from here but if I were you which I am not you I would stand firm and not do it And the reason why I say I wouldn't do it is because we don't need the Oscars. The Oscars need us. And you shouldn't really been that excited about the Oscars to begin with. They're not for us. We have to stop getting so excited to be accepted into their circles. We need to be excited about starting our own. And it's time that we just all stop going to the Oscars. We all start going to the Grammys and see how they like it after that. If we're going to look at the equity of things, let's have our own stuff and let's be proud of our own stuff. Why we got to run on Ellen Why Ellen got to beg us to come on today's stuff? And now he's contemplating if he's going to go there or not. It's all a ploy. More than likely, Kevin Hart is going to accept the Oscars a few days from now. After mulling it over. After Ellen begged him to go. Now, all of a sudden, Kevin Hart is going to go back. And I think that's cowardly. I think it's cowardly. You took a stand. Why are you ducking? You said you wasn't going to apologize. And then you ended up apologizing anyway. And then now you're going to end up doing it. And now you got Ellen begging you to, to do it. You know who Ellen kind of reminds me of? She reminds me of the people in the back back of the video when that young black boy was getting his head, his 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 dreadlocks cut. Oh, you can do it. Don't worry about the rest of them. 
Here, let's just cut off your dreadlocks. It'll all make sense. You'll still win the match. I think Kevin Hart, for the culture, should decline the Oscars. And we should host our own thing. But the way this is being set up, the way that this is being positioned, I wouldn't be shocked if Kevin Hart walks across the screen come February and makes a couple of gay jokes to lighten the mood and it's back to business as usual. Because as soon as we have an opportunity to build our own, we cave in and give our culture away to the people who don't even value our lives. You're big and tough, Kevin Hart, when you're going after Cat Williams. You're big and tough when you go after Mike Epps. It's time to stand up for your people. Will you cave or will you stand up? You said you wanted to be attacked. You said you're a bulletproof. I think it's time that you prove it. DJ Motri, Black Equity, sign up for our private email list. This is how we talk about how business affects culture and how culture affects business I want everybody to have a great weekend sip on your wine and I'll be talking to you next week I'm out just when you think that you are a legend they'll take it from you they just showed an example of that so my whole thing with this whole thing about speaking about all these comedians, because I ain't saying no names, don't get too cute. Do not get too cute in this business because they will knock you down and they'll find a way to knock you down. So we all have to be humble with each other, thank each other, uh, uh, praise each other, give each other props and make sure that we nourish each other, man, in some kind of way.